You may have heard of us, but you might not know Bank First is a community bank that has no fee ATM access, interest and perks earning checking accounts. With online and mobile banking, mortgages for every stage of life, and modern business banking for businesses, small and big. We keep it all together to put you first. Do you bank with us? You should. Bank First is an equal housing lender and a member FDIC. Welcome to Out of Left Field, presented by Farm Bureau. I'm Bart Gregory, along with Charlie Winfield. We're in the Farm Bureau studios here in downtown Startwell. Farm Bureau, go with the home team at Farm Bureau. Check them out at favorites.com. They have agents all across the state of Mississippi. Great customer service, home life, auto, whatever you're in the market for. Our good friends at Farm Bureau. Charlie, how you doing, man? I'm good. You know, speaking of Farm Bureau, we saw our friend Henry Hamill this earlier this week. His rig was pounded by a home run. Keelan Mack, the first baseman for Grambling, hit a ball. I don't remember seeing one hit up there in quite a while. He is, a, just to give you an idea, Henry is a second-row guy on the right field side. We've seen a couple of balls hit well out to left. We've seen a number hit well out to right, but they tend to be down the line. They tend to be over the head of the right fielder. Yeah, and the, the thing about uh, that home run, is it was just to the right of the center field wall. Then Highfield hit one just to the left of the center field wall that went on the back row as well. That was up there around Henry Pilkington in that group. And so we see, we've seen some massive home runs. Juice balls? Maybe so. Juice balls. Hey, so Coach Polk came by the office yesterday, and he says, you know, I've been around this game a long time. I don't think I've ever seen three straight games open with the first pitch being hit a home run. I don't think I have. I don't either. Now, we did see, was it the game last year against Ole Miss where we gave up three home runs to start the game? I think that's right. We've seen some trouble with home runs. We have, but the home run on – On the first pitch? First pitch on Friday, Saturday, and then yesterday on on Tuesday. When we go over to Alabama, the opening (laughs) pitch of the ball game needs to be a pitch out. Well, that's what he said yesterday. He said, well, we just need to throw a breaking ball down. I said, no, hey, how about a fastball at the hip? How's <laughs> a, how about that? Hit the screen with it, man. <laughs> so, anyway, State winning 21-2 uh, to on uh, Tuesday night. What do you take from that? Not much. Huh? No, I didn't take a whole lot. We played a lot of different guys. Hoyle was in there in, like, the second inning at second base. We got some guys some nights off. Uh, Hunter Hines hit the ball well. Well, he was in there in the second inning because Amani Larry had already hit twice. Yeah, and, you know, we had a lot of guys that hit three times in the first two innings. Scored, what, 11 in the first, eight in the second. I don't – the guy was throwing 53-mile-an-hour curveballs. Charlie, I don't think I've seen 53-mile-an-hour curveballs since a couple weeks ago on the 12U circuit down in Pearl. Look, he was gassing it up in the mid-60s. Now, you can't make fun of the guy at all. This is not making fun of Boudreaux. No, it's just what we were facing. It's what you were facing. Last year, he shut us down for six innings. The same exact guy. We got two runs on five hits last year. We had to hit a home run in the seventh inning to win that game against Grambling 2-1. to one. He's walking more guys this year, and that was really the undoing, the inability to throw strikes. Sometimes you can take a guy like that and keep teams off balance a little bit. It's how almost has the effect of a knuckleball just having to wait and wait and wait. And so many guys want to try to hit it 500 feet. 
I thought we saw Ledbetter take some good swings. Hunter Hines took some good swings. We did see guys throwing in the 90s and then back to the 70s, and it was, <laughs> it was it was all over the board. I don't take much from it because we're not a bad midweek baseball team. What Mississippi State has to do is show that it can be a good weekend baseball team. So we got Alabama this coming weekend, Thursday, Friday, Saturday. Charlie and I will get back together on uh, late on Thursday and give you a deep dig into the crimson tide of Alabama and Mississippi State. Football, we're going to talk to Zach Arnett, the head football coach at Mississippi State, uh, in our second segment. And, you know, football spring practice going on right now. Charlie, here are the things I want to talk to him about, about, you know, you're installing a new offense. You've got quarterbacks that have been in the program. Don't you know, just knowing Zach Arnett, that he's a defensive guy. Matt Brock is back as a defensive coordinator. You've got a lot of different guys Back on that defense, don't you know, just knowing how competitive Zach Arnett is, that he's just doing some crazy stuff against the offense now in spring practice? I wonder if it's the other way around. Really? Yeah, I mean, the point being, I think Zach Arnett has a pretty good idea of what he has defensively. I think sometimes you just got to keep them off balance a little bit, right? It's the sometimes when the coach is the hardest on the best player. Yeah. I, I wonder if it's not a really tough time to be a defensive player right now. Probably so. I bet it is. I bet it. Because think about the things that they're seeing that they're not used to seeing in practice. Um, little jet sweeps, handing it to Xavion, handing it to Tulu. Did you see Xavion's comments the other day? I did see those. That was fantastic. What was the tweet? It said the, he was asked after practice. What now? It, the gist of it was nobody covers me, but there was some. <laughs> I'm Xavion. Yeah, a little more colorful <laughs> nuance to it. That's great. That's great. Well, hey, I expect him to have a really big year. I do, too. I do, too. Well, of course, we're uh, in the Farm Bureau studios, and we're brought to you by our friends at Heartland Catfish. Heartland, producing the finest U.S. farm-raised catfish you can possibly want. And it's produced right here in the Mississippi, in Mississippi, in the Mississippi Delta. They grow it from the ponds, they process it, and they send it to great restaurants around the south, also in grocery stores. Heartland Catfish, you can... Get that great Heartland catfish in the catfish hole. You know, I'm, I saw Jimmy Dykes. They had a broadcast a couple weeks, a couple months ago on ESPN. Jimmy Dykes and somebody else was doing a ball game. And I'm not sitting there saying that I love the broadcast of Jimmy Dykes. I'm just saying somebody brought him some catfish hole fried catfish. The catfish hole in Fayetteville, Arkansas. If you're looking for a great oasis for catfish, if you're going to see State play the Razorbacks, you always got to stop in Fayetteville at the Catfish Hole or Alma at the Alma Hole, the Catfish Hole, and uh, that great fried catfish from our friends at Heartland Catfish at the Catfish Hole. Well, Charlie and I will come back. We'll talk to Zach Arnett, get his thoughts on spring practice so far. We're in the midweek show. We'll thank, uh, our, thank our good friends at WFCA 107.9 at French Camp, airing the show each and every week. And so for Charlie Winfield, I'm Bart Gregory. We're coming back and talking to Zach Arnett right after this on Out of Left Field, presented by Farm Bureau. Welcome back. We're talking to Coach Zach Arnett. I'm Bart Gregory along with Charlie Winfield. Hey, Coach, first time that we've uh, sat in this office and talked. We've talked down the hall before. 
got the big office now. How's everything treating you? Yeah, it's good. A little more room. Absolutely. So spring practice going on. And so you're a defensive guy. Matt Brock understands the system. You got a lot of guys back on the defensive side. I guess the first question I have is put the new offense in. Are you trying to dial up some things to, to be sadistic with them? Well, we just enjoy doing that. That's kind of our way of doing things. But uh, they're doing obviously a really good job of dialing some things up to stress us. And so uh, it's been good. It's been good competition all spring. New offensive coordinator Kevin Barbe comes in. How do you like what you're seeing out of the offensive side of the football right now in terms of progress, getting the new concepts installed? Yeah, I mean, like I said, I've said this in the, in the past game. You know, you got a lot of similarities conceptually from what any any team in America is running, right? Uh, so uh, there there's there's a lot of carryover there. Now you might be doing it from different formations, getting in different sets, uh, and so that changes alignments and splits and blah blah blah. And then obviously we're getting more comfortable with the, the various run schemes that are part of his offense. Uh, you know, inside zone, outside zone, your gap schemes, uh, and then obviously the play actions that come off of those. And so uh, we've done a good job of generating some big plays. You know, if you can run the football effectively, then defense has to commit more hats up near the line of scrimmage, and that opens up play action pass pass plays and throw it over their head. So that's uh, been fun to watch and should make us better on defense too, having to defend those on a daily basis. So when you look at a different style and you have guys playing a different scheme on the offensive side, and then you get out to practice, and it's like this scheme may fit one certain player a little bit better than what you've seen. You kind of have that oh wow moment of that guy has really improved from last fall to this spring. Anybody stand out to you on the offensive side of the ball that says, "Hey, man, this guy's getting it figured out right now"? Well, I mean, I think obviously, uh, you know, Woody Marks is getting him a lot of touches and getting him downhill north and south is always a good thing. You know, we moved Jacarius Clayton over there at offense. He's playing some tight end, and it's easy to see he's got a bright future ahead of him in that role. But just to challenge your your statement maybe a little bit, good players typically tend to be good players. The cream rises to the top kind of no matter what scheme they're playing in, you know. And so I, I think a lot of times these discussions about scheme and, you know, I don't know many guys who they are a good football player when they play in this scheme, but then all of a sudden a, a scheme changes and they're no longer an effective football player. I've never been around that. Good players are good players. They typically find their way to rise to the top no matter what, what scheme they're executing. And I don't think uh, I don't think Buki Watson is, oh, only a good linebacker in this defense, and all of a sudden he's not a good linebacker. No, he's a good linebacker. Same thing applies to Jaden Cromedy as a D-lineman, uh, Emmanuel Forbes and DKM as corners. I mean, players are players. You mentioned Emmanuel Forbes, and that's a player that has to be replaced. How do you like what you're seeing out of some of the other guys who are going to have a chance in the secondary? Yeah, we're getting good work. Obviously, there's good competition in the corner room right now, you know, at that spot opposite DCAM, you know, trying to fill where Forbes left off. Furge, DeCarlos Nicholson, a couple of the newcomers have, have flashed in the, in the scrimmages that have happened so far and made a couple plays. Kamari Rogers had an interception. You know, Hunter Washington's competing there too. So it's open, all all comers, right? Anyone and everyone can try to win that spot. So, and it's like most things, right? Some days you get – Guy's going to have a good day one day, and then next day someone else will flash. And so I'm sure it'll go all the way down down to the wire through spring practice and even in fall camp figuring out who the best guy is over there. So next weekend you have the spring game. How do you treat the spring game? Is it, How much importance do you put on the spring game, and how what, what will it look like? Uh, what I would like to do is I would like to be good on good the whole time. Uh, so essentially you create 
you create a team with the one offense and the two defense on one team, and on the other team is the one defense and the two offense. So that way, when you go against each other, it's always one zero on one D and two zero on two D. So that way, you can get the most quality competitive reps you can get. You know, there's certain guys we don't need to get them a whole bunch of reps. We know they're ready to play on Saturdays, and you're trying to create some more reps for other guys so you can evaluate them. And so there's naturally going to be some one on two in there a little bit, and and vice versa. But I'd like to play it just like a real game. I'm not quite smart enough for all those fancy scoring systems. You know, an interception's worth this many points. Uh, fumble, you know, I'm not really into that. I'd rather just create two teams and play a game. Offensive line play. You've got some guys that are going to get a chance to do a lot more run blocking. Have they responded? Good. I, I mean, our guys come out and work. Cole Smith's done a phenomenal job. He's kind of, I don't know, maybe call it the leader, leader role in the group, though, you know. But, I mean, the way he's come out and practiced all spring, obviously uh, – you know, it's been said before. I can't remember exactly who said it, and I'm embarrassed I can't remember. But, you know, it said there's maybe no greater feeling in life than moving another man against his will, right? And that's the definition of offensive line play, particularly in particularly in run blocking. And so we've got some big, strong guys who can who can move their feet, and, you know, you can do some things in the run game with that way, but uh, you still got to be able to pass protect too. And so we're trying to excel at all of it. You also have spring evaluation periods where coaches can get out in the state of Mississippi and – you know, you've been here a little bit of time now and understanding about recruiting in the state of Mississippi in the 200-mile radius. How's the reception been since uh, you became the head coach? Hopefully good. <laughs> I, I mean, I do believe we're going we're gonna to work harder to develop deeper relationships, evaluate and recruit the kids in-state in harder than any other school in the country. I mean, I, I do believe this university is at its best. When the, be, when the best players in the state are coming to Mississippi State, that's when those special seasons happen. And so – uh, I, I don't really have a whole lot of interest in getting outside of that, that footprint, which is, you know, 250, 300-mile radius around campus because if we can't find the players within that footprint, then we ain't, we ain't really done a good job recruiting. One of the things that impressed me about you early on when we talked is you have a really good understanding of what players within the state of Mississippi can do for a program. It sounds like just watching you, watching the coaches you brought in, that's not lip service. I mean, you feel like there's the talent in the state of Mississippi you need. Well, I mean, I would figure if a, a state has historically been the best or in the top three every year of producing NFL talent per capita, I would say it stood the test of time. History has got a lot of really good football players in it, and so I try not to overthink things. And then obviously you see the staff. Uh, we've assembled the, the years of experience coaching in this league, in particular coaching in the state of Mississippi. I'm pretty proud. we got over 100 years of SEC coaching experience between the – the coaching staff and the support staff, so all the guys that surround the program. I mean, I, I really believe that if you're loaded up, if you can get the best players in the state of Mississippi every year, you can play as good a football as anyone in the country. A couple of years ago, we sat down. It was me and you and Coach Hughes. Mm-hmm. And y'all were talking about grilling out on the back porch. So have you mastered the grill yet? I know you're probably not as good as Coach Hughes right now, but have you had a chance to get back out, out there on the grill? It's been a wet. It's been a wet start to the year. It's been a little hard to get out there, but – yeah, I get out there every now and then. I'm usually I'm just hey, put it on as hot as possible and get the dang thing cooked so I can start eating. You know, I I haven't probably learned the uh, the art and patience of <laughs> true true grilling. You know, the low and slow method. Coach, one of the things that obviously is still a hot topic in college sports is name, image, and likeness. I get asked a lot of times, is the impact of NIL in terms of roster retention, in terms of keeping a program where it needs to be is it real are these things that we're hearing real you see it from a different perspective 
perhaps even than we do. What do you say? Is it real? Is it important? (laughs) Yes, it is very much real. Uh, It's impossible right now to compete at the highest levels of the game without the existence of NIL in your program. To act like uh, outside third parties are not trying to communicate actively with players on your roster and put at least the idea in their mind of transferring and leaving for rumored NIL opportunities somewhere else, you're, you're, you're kidding yourself. I mean, that, that's the way college football is operating right now. Of, of course, outside agents or uh, third parties are, are doing that, trying to recruit guys off your roster. And so if we want to have a competitive football team, if, if we want to be the way it's always been on Saturdays, packed house in, in Davis Wade with cowbells ringing, uh, we got we got to make sure we're doing our part to the best players on our roster, not getting poached off it. Coach, hey, appreciate you. Yeah, thank oh, you guys. Always great to see you. Yes, sir. You guys too. Hail State. And that's Zach Arnett, head football coach at Mississippi State, and great to talk with Zach. Appreciate you. Appreciate him stopping by. And uh, Charlie, hey, going back to what we talked about a little while ago, he's he's talking about the offense doing some crazy things with that defense. Yeah, I I go back to something we've talked about before. Never again will I fall victim to discussion about a player, a scheme, or anything else in its offseason. About spring practice. Spring practice, fall baseball, (laughs) you know, a summer trip to Italy. None of it matters. I mean, it matters. It matters in terms of getting better and laying the foundation. Individual play, while perhaps noteworthy in a coaching staff, perhaps giving us some ideas – it shouldn't matter that much to us as fans. No, and I was talking about camping out for the spring game, I guess is what I'm telling you. I, I, I talked to one of the offensive coaches a couple of weeks ago, and he was talking about the installation of a new offense. And, you know, in today's world of sports, he was talking about Will Rogers and Mike Wright being seasoned SEC quarterbacks and learning a new system and how he thought it was a lot easier to install new offenses with older quarterbacks. Sometimes you think, man, it's, hey, these guys have been taught their tricks and they can't change their ways. But he was like, hey, the speed of the game, those guys kind of settle down, settle in. You don't have the happy feet when you're trying to teach the new offense. But that having Will Rogers and Mike Wright, two guys that have played a lot of meaningful snaps in the SEC, is going to mean a lot to the installation of a new offense. Yeah, you think it should. Boy, you just hit on something else, though. How? What are the odds that we leave the spring game with people really excited about somebody at quarterback <laughs> other than Will Rogers? I mean, isn't that what you just always do? Isn't it spring game? Spring game to me, I see two things, backup quarterbacks and receivers. How many times have you seen a receiver go out in that game and then come back with, like, three catches the whole year? Yeah. So – I um I think Mike Wright, by the way, is going to be an interesting case because here's one of the things that gets lost in the discussion about Mike Wright. He has three to play two. And so, you know, there's been a lot of talk about, hey, maybe use him in short yardage, maybe use him in the goal line, maybe use these packages. If I'm Mike Wright, I don't know that I want to spend a year of eligibility doing that. Yeah, it's almost like the the Saints with their packaging right now. It's the old Cordell Stewart. The slash player? Yeah, the slash player. So I think that'll be something interesting to watch. Of course, we've got a lot of other things on the schedule that are going to be difficult to navigate here for a little while. One of those is going to be Super Bulldog weekend. you got a chance to have two teams kind of limping into that thing, don't you? 
man, you know, state right now, baseball one and eight, Ole Miss is one and eight. Who would have ever thought the last two national champions would be sitting where we are right now? And you and I talked about this on Sunday. You kind of you are what your record says you are. State going to Tuscaloosa this weekend, and then back at home. Who's Ole Miss got this weekend? They get Arkansas at home. Oh, okay. Well, and I tell you, the other matchup's going to be interesting. See, LSU's got to go to South Carolina. So, LSU, who everybody kind of anointed as one of the great SEC teams, are likely to be 6-3 and three in league play, but they've played a really good schedule, headed to South Carolina, who hasn't as much. I think we're going to tell a lot about South Carolina. Last weekend when they left here at 8-1, and one, we'll figure out a lot about the – about the Gamecocks over the next three weeks. They've got LSU, Vanderbilt, and then Florida back-to-back-to-back. To back to back. So, I think I think that what they are is a top-20 team. Do you think they're a host team? I think they're headed that way. Well, based upon three games that I saw, I felt like they're a two-seed somewhere. And I may be off by saying that. We only had a small sample size. But they're 8-1. and one. They're headed there as well. Yeah, you just said it a minute ago. You are what your record says you are. That's right. Well, okay, so you look around. We'll talk more about this weekend, Mississippi State and um, the Alabama Crimson Tide. And we'll also have our Tracks Plus deep dig, and that's what we'll talk about the Crimson Tide and the Bulldogs. Tracks Plus now with five locations in Mississippi, the original down in Hickory, Mississippi, between Startwell and Columbus, Summit, Mississippi, Alexandria, Louisiana, and Bessemer, Alabama, Tracks Plus with those Saney excavators and mini excavators. They got Massey Ferguson tractors and implements. Barco, heavy equipment, new or used. Great selection if you're in the construction world or the forestry business. If you're looking to start a mulching company, that's where you go. Get those mulching heads. It was Denny Seamoff mulching heads. So tracksplus.com, and we'll have our Tracks Plus deep dig. And Charlie, hey, Major League Baseball has started. The other night, and I sent a text to our good friend Marcus Timms with the Angels, the same thing I said to Adam Frazier last year when he was with the Mariners. Man, it just makes it tough. Man, when you're watching those games on the West Coast late at night, it's about 11 o'clock, near in the sixth inning. Goodness. Got a break yesterday because Otani was the starting pitcher. It was getaway day, so the game actually at 3 o'clock our time here. So able to. Pull it up on my iPad while I was at work. Were you really? Okay. Renfro's out there. Starts. Speaking of not late starts, the national championship game this week. What are they doing starting that thing at 8.20? I don't understand it. Man, you think about on the East Coast, that's 9.20. It's brutal. I mean, that's, I mean I'm going to bed in the pregame. Yeah, I just can't, I can't do it anymore. Renfro out there with the Angels in a one-year deal with the Angels. He had a great catch first couple nights of the season. Kendall Graveman. Now with the White Sox in his year two of a three-year deal with the White Sox. Frazier's at Baltimore now. Of course, Woody's in Milwaukee. Chris Stratton with the team at St. Louis. Brent Rooker called up to start the season with the Oakland A's. And Nate Lowe, of course, the first baseman for the Texas Rangers. So right now, State was seven guys early in the year playing in the Major League Baseball. Dakota Hudson starting his season in Memphis. Holder is starting his season in AAA, right? That's right. So we got some guys on the cusp of getting up there, but uh, Major League Baseball off and going right now. You know what else is about to be off and going? Our farmer's markets here in Starville Park. Really? Yes. You know, I'm a big farmer's market guy. They have it down at the Fire Station Park. Also have coming up a crawfish boil at that Fire Station Park. That's on the 21st. And, of course, Super Bulldog weekend here in town next week. 
Well, you can bet the cotton district is going to be full oh, of yeah. people. And that King Cotton Crawfish Bowl is presented by our friends at Country Pleasing. Country Pleasing got the finest sausage made right here in the state of Mississippi. And the good folks in Startwell, the Startwell.org, the GSDP, partnering with Country Pleasing. Worlds collide, Bart. Putting good folks together is what we're doing. We're connectors, really. We are. So go to Startwell.org if you're making your plans for Super Bowl all weekend. You better get some dinner reservations. Some folks around, some places around here, you know, getting tough to get into. No, that's actually a really good point. If you are coming up, go ahead and get on the list, wherever your dining choice may be, because it'll be tough that night. That's one of those nights that when I leave a ballpark, the plan from the very beginning is West Starville <laughs> because the restaurants are going to be full. And, it, and Look, I mean, it's great. It's great to see as you go down the Cotton District, go through town, just seeing all the restaurants full downtown and around. So, yeah, so City of Startville, check them out at startville.org. So a couple things about Super Bulldog Weekend. One is going to have a lot of former players coming back. Zach Selman, new athletic director, inviting all former athletes back in. They've got a tailgate before the game. And then also, I've had a lot of people asking me about the concert they're having after the baseball game on Saturday. It was Brett Eldridge, country music star. Brett Eldridge, hey, can I just get tickets for the concert and not the baseball game. Well, it's the baseball ticket that gets you in. And right now the only thing left for that Saturday game is a GA baseball ticket. And so a baseball GA ticket is what gets you into the ballpark. And they have that concert. It'll be about 30 minutes after the completion of that uh, Saturday Super Bulldog weekend game. No fireworks to compete with? That would be on Friday night, the Friday night fireworks. Can you imagine? Well, I'm not even going to contemplate the idea of no. Losing a game and shooting all fireworks. Nobody would do that. Well, and it happens everywhere. I will say this. It happens everywhere. We went to another SEC school. I will not give them notoriety a few years ago. And we won on Friday night, and they shot fireworks afterwards. I'm just going to tell you, I am not a fireworks guy. I'm unimpressed. I've seen it. Been there. And, you know, if you've ever been to Disney and seen their fireworks, can you really be impressed by this? Everything else is just secondary. I mean, it, but, hey, that's just me. All right, we'll come back. We'll have our Tracks Plus Deep Dig later today where it's on a Thursday. Of course, uh, thanks again to WFCA 107.9 in French Camp uh, playing our midweek show. Thanks to our good friends at Farm Bureau. Go with the home team at Farm Bureau. Tracks Plus, Country Pleasing Sausage, Heartland Catfish. You can get that great Heartland Catfish from the Catfish Hole in Fayetteville, Arkansas. The Greater Startwell Development Partnership and Startwell.org and Bank First. Go to bankfirstfs.com for all your lending needs. For Charlie Winfield, I'm Bart Gregory. Appreciate you guys hanging out with us here on Out of Left Field, presented by Farm Bureau.